Here we go. Okay, praise the Lord. Okay. Oh. <clears throat> okay. Let's get started here. Let me let's let's do, let's do this first. This is uh, you know it's important that we know this is laid out historically. Okay. Uh, Genesis all the way to Revelation. This is a. T- I'm going to show you some things this morning. What a timeline. You, you can't miss this, except for our lack of reading the Bible. And that's something that you and I have to do on our own. You know, outside of church, be reading your Bible. You know, you, you know, double check. I mean, suppose I get offline here. You're not trying to correct me. You're trying to correct your life, you know. But uh, I'm, <laughs> we're going to stay on course here. But you wouldn't want to just depend on this only. You know, thank God if that's all you got. Praise the Lord. But look, you, there's Bibles everywhere. I've got plenty of them, you know. You can read one online. But anyway, Genesis to Revelation, it is an exact timeline. Now, oh, uh, let's see. Before we get going here, uh, I want to I lay this out because we're going to look at something in, uh, in Leviticus here. Okay? And, uh, and in Leviticus, I want you to sh- show you this first thing right here. Leviticus chapter 1. It says, The Lord now spoke to Moses from the tabernacle. Now, if you were just picking out a place to read your Bible, fine, keep reading here. But it makes sense to figure out what happened right here. So let's back up just a second. And uh, let's go to, uh, I'm going to go to, I'll show you how this works. Look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. We know that. When God began, created the heavens and the earth. Wasn't evolution? No. The earth was a shapeless, chaotic mass, the spirit of God brooding over the dark vapors. Notice, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, the spirit of God, remember the, the other versions, the same thing. Okay, so the beginning. Now, let's go here, let's go to the end of this just a moment. What happened, timeline here, look at the last verse here. Oh, this is at the end of Genesis. Soon I will die, Joseph told his brothers, but God will surely bring, will surely come and get you and bring you out of this land of Egypt. When did they go to Egypt? Well, you would have caught that. They're in Egypt at this point. Remember, the next book is Exodus, which is, let my people go. Why? Because they're down there. See how it's tied? Anyway, Joseph, uh, Joseph made his brothers promise with an oath that they would take his body back with them when they returned to Canaan. They did that. They hauled his bones out of there 400 years later. So Joseph died at the age of 110. They embalmed him, and his body was placed in a coffin in Egypt. We've got to carry this thing around for a while. Well, it just was sitting out there. Now, notice this. Boom, Exodus. This is a list of the sons of Jacob that came with him to Egypt, okay? All right, so they're just talking about, hey, look at that. The total number was 70. Joseph was already there. In due season, Joseph and his brothers died. See how the history's moving along? Meanwhile, their descendants became very fertile. They had a lot of kids. Increasing rapidly, there was a veritable population explosion. Soon they became a large nation. They filled the land of Goshen. Then eventually, here comes the bad stuff, a new king or pharaoh came to the throne who felt no obligation. And from here on, he says, well, these Israelis are becoming dangerous. Let's figure out a way to get rid of them. First off, they decided to just beat up on them a little. That didn't work. Then he said, okay, kill all the boys. Let the girls live. Oh, come on, gee. You know what's up with that. Uh, notice it. Made, so the Egyptians made slaves of them. Boy, that's where it happened. They were building these cities, Pythes and Ramses, Ramses places we've heard about. Yeah, buddy. Okay. Anyway, uh, then Pharaoh, this is Genesis 1, I mean Exodus 1, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, instructed the Hebrew midwives, their names were a bunch of fake people. No, it was two of them there. Kill all the Hebrew boys. Oh man, but they didn't do it. And he got mad at them, and then soon, what else did they say do? Pharaoh then commanded, look at this, throw the newborn Hebrews in the Nile River. You know, 
I just don't know why God was so mean to Pharaoh. Are you kidding me? Kill all the guys, you know? Anyway, so now, we know what happened. Now, so that's what happened at Exodus 1. Now, let's go all the way to the end of Exodus. Uh, Exodus, and we're going to go to, let's see. Uh, yeah, Exodus, uh, the very end. And if you'll notice here, the Lord said, put together the tabernacle. Now, remember what we found out here? Now Moses spoke to, now the Lord spoke to Moses from the tabernacle. See, they built this thing. They built it. Okay, now let me back up just a little bit here. So here's the last verse of chapter of, of Exodus. Uh, then the Lord, oh, here, well, let's catch that verse right there. Uh, verse 33, then he erected the enclosure surrounding the tent and the altar. Remember, this was a portable church. It was portable. See, they got to go where? To the promised land. They're not even there yet. They're at Mount Sinai where Moses came down and he broke the Ten Commandments because they're worshiping a cow down there. Oh, anyway. So at last Moses finished the work. The cloud covered the tabernacle and the glory of the Lord filled it. Wow. Moses was unable to enter because the cloud was standing there. The glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Whenever the cloud lifted and moved, the people of Israel journeyed and followed it. But if the cloud stayed, they stayed until it moved. The cloud rested upon the tabernacle during the daytime, and at night it was fire. So you had daylight, you had a cloud, you couldn't miss it. And at nighttime there was a fire, so the people could, of Israel could see it. This continued throughout all their journeys. Okay, boom, Leviticus. Now, now it says here, the Lord spoke to Moses from the tabernacle and commanded him, gave him some instructions. Now, I want to cover a chapter in Leviticus, but I want to show you they're still standing there. Leviticus would not take you forever to read. You could read it real quick. Okay. Let's go to the last chapter. Look what happened here. Uh, look at verse 34. This is the last verse. These are the commandments the Lord gave Moses to Moses for the people of Israel on Mount Sinai. And it's not a bunch of crazy things. You can read it and go, oh, I get it, I get it. They're still standing there, and now they're fixing to pack up and go to the promised land. Now, so that's the end of Leviticus. Now, watch the next verse, which is here's Numbers. It was the 15th day. See, that's where if you just open your Bible, start reading here, yeah, you're going to get some stuff and whatever. But this, they just left Pharaoh. They just got some instructions about how to operate that tabernacle. It was the 15th day of April, the second year after the Israelis left Egypt that the Lord issued the following instructions. He was in the tabernacle at the camp of Israel on the Sinai Peninsula. They're not even left yet, but they're going to. And he just says, take a number of everybody. Okay. Anyway, look at the next book. Ah, hang on a second. Numbers, the next book is what? Is Deuteronomy. Remember what I always say about Deuteronomy? It's a speech. Well, look what happened. Oh, wait, I, I messed up one thing. The very last part of Numbers. Look at this. Oh, here's the last verse of Numbers. These are the commandments, ordinances the Lord gave to the people of Israel while they were camped at the plains of Moab beside the Jordan River across from Jericho. In other words, they are right there at the promised land. Okay. But it's their second time to get there. So here we go. This book records Moses' address to the people of Israel when they were camped at, what we just said, east of the Jordan River. The speech was given February 15th, 40 years after. So where's the history from Egypt to the, the promised land? Numbers. Very easy. It's just a piece of cake. Okay. And he says, though it only takes 11 days. See, they could have been. Once they got that tabernacle together, once they got those instructions from the Lord, they were on the way to the promised land. And they go, ah, oh, we can't go in there. There's giants in there. 
And God had had them all set up to go. So this was a recap 40 years later. Boy, what a fantastic uh, things that uh, Moses said right here before he got in there. Now, the, the, to uh, watch what happens at the end of this. Deuteronomy, let's go to the last chapter. Look at this. Uh, so, look at, let's pick, look at Deuteronomy. This is the very last couple of verses of it. Verse 7, Moses was 120 years old when he died. Well, where did he go? Well, you had all the way from Exodus to Leviticus to Numbers, and then you had this speech. He said all this in one breath. I'm, you know what I'm saying? Yet his eyesight was perfect, and he was strong as a young man. Well, I'm getting old. It's going to get horrible from here on. No, the Lord takes care of you. That's why Lord was talking about. The Lord just takes care of you. He does. Look at that. Eyesight was perfect, strong as a young man. Now, are we supposed to read that and go, well, boy, I tell you, Lord, you're just so partial. No, he's not partial. The scripture tells us he's not partial. This is yours if you want it. Yeah, but Moses spoke to God face to face. Oh, please. The New Testament says we, are fa- we look at him face to face. The book of Corinthians tells us that. We got the same thing. The people of Israel mourned for him for 30 days. Time frame. Joshua. Hey, I've heard of him. Son of none was full of the spirit of wisdom. Uh, Moses, hey, by the way, what's the next book? Joshua. Joshua, yeah. And they're going to the promised land. So see how we've already tracked Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Perfect timeline. All right, anyway, he says here, they followed Moses, whatever, whatever the Lord told him. There's never been another prophet like Moses for the Lord. Here it says, for the Lord talked, look at this, uh, with him face to face. And at God's command, he performed amazing miracles, never been equaled. Okay, now, Let's go back here to something that happened in Leviticus. And I want us to go to Leviticus chapter 26. Okay. Now remember, they haven't even gone to the promised land yet. They're still getting these marching orders together. They're not going to go for, you know, probably another day or two or whatever. Look what he says. This is Leviticus 26. You must have no idols. Well, come on. Let's be fair. I need a little Buddha. (laughs) I need my horoscope, you know. What for? I mean, well, think about it. I mean, you might, if God's not, how great thou art, you might need that stuff. We don't need any of it. Oh, my gosh. You must never worship carved images, obelisk, or shaped stones, for I am the Lord. Look at that. Your God. He didn't say, I am the big shot. No, I'm your God. You don't need this. You must obey my Sabbath laws of rest and reverence my tabernacle, for I am the Lord. If you obey my commandments, I'll give you, look at this. Now, we have these. Yeah, but Richard, I've made mistakes. The whole book of Leviticus, let me... Oh, mistakes. Oh, are you kidding? They're, they're all in there. Mistakes. Let's see. Look at this. In chapter 23, announced to the people there's several annual festivals. Can you guess which ones? You might say Easter. Well, it's Passover. Well, that's one of these. And that's the first one. He says there's four... There's four uh, well, anyway, there's several uh, feasts. You know, there it is. The Passover. Now, why do we have to keep worshiping? Why do we have to keep having that one? It was a reminder that God got them out of Egypt. Yeah, but Richard, I believe science. Oh, you don't believe science either. That's fake news. It happened. They come out from under Pharaoh. They got out of there. Festivals of unleavened bread. That was, see, Passover was one day. It's to be celebrated on the first day of April. Hello, Easter. Beginning at sundown. Then the unleavened bread. This is to be celebrated beginning the following day after Passover for seven days. Don't eat any bread made with yeast. Now, remember what the purpose for that was? 
well, God has a problem. It's, it's, it's nutritional. No, it's not, because Pentecost, you're supposed to have bread with yeast in it. I didn't know that. Well, that's why we need to read the whole Bible, okay? You read the whole thing instead of saying, well, it's because we don't eat nuts, and we don't eat... No, 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 uh-uh, uh-uh. Okay, so here, they, for seven days, they don't have any bread made with yeast. Now, why they do that? Because they were in a hurry, they rolled their pants up, and they hightailed it out of Egypt. There was no time to let the bread rise. That was the purpose of it, okay? Okay, now anyway, uh, notice what he says here. Uh, you can just kind of scan a little bit. Here's a festival of first fruits when you land... When you arrive in the land, I'll, uh, and I give you, and you reap your first harvest, bring the first sheaves. Bring it in the sheaves, bring it in the sheaves. Okay. Uh, anyway, wave it before the Lord as a gesture offering. But now look, notice this. That same day, you'll sacrifice to the Lord a male yearling lamb without defect as a burnt offering. A grain uh, offering shall accompany it, or shall accompany it, a fifth a bushel of this. Okay, let me get down here. Something. Let's see. Oh, let's see. Yeah, 50 days later, there's going to be the Harvest Festival. This is Pentecost. Two loaves of bread. Let me skip down here a little bit. Uh, let's see. Uh, look at this right here. This is Pentecost. All fire offerings are very acceptable to the Jehovah. You'll offer one male goat for a sin offering. Well, wait a minute. Who sinned? We've all been blowing it. So to say this is because they were perfect. Oh, my God. They were so far from perfect. There was no way they were perfect. Look at that. A sin offering. Wow. And if you keep going here, watch this. He, he has it again. Here's the festival of trumpets. This is a few weeks later. They're going to meet together. Loud trumpets don't do any work on that day. All right. Then nine days later, look at this. This is once a year. Now I want to know who, what, what did they do? What did they do? We all blow it. Don't you remember the Lord's Prayer? Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So you need to, and we're obligated to forgive others. You don't have to do what they say, but you can forgive them, you know. But the scripture says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Wait a minute. God may say, that was a Lulu there, Richard. <laughs> God, man, we were all Lulus. We've all blown it. We've all blown it. Okay. But anyway, <clears throat> just wanted you to see that. So now let's go back to... Uh, uh, I can do it this way. Back to Exodus, I mean, excuse me, Leviticus 26. So don't throw yourself out here because he says, oh my gosh, well, Richard, you're saying he's going to have regular rains and you're going to have regular bumper crops. Yes, hello. You are so, it's called abundant life. Okay, if you obey my commandments, I'll give you regular rains. One of those commandments was to say, hey, I blew it. I made a mistake. Don't kill me. Take this lamb instead. And that's what the Lord would do. You're not going to kill yourself. Okay. I'll give you regular rains. The land will yield bumper crops. Praise the Lord. What does that mean for you and I today? Well, that's the reason I got my offer letter. Praise the Lord. That's the reason the Lord's taking care of all of us financially. The trees will be loaded with fruit long after the normal time. Now, wait a minute. This is Leviticus. Let's see what Moses said 40 years later. He said 40 years later in, uh, in this big long speech, if you fully, there it is. This was 40 years later. God will transform you into the greatest nation in the world. These blessings will come on you. Blessings in the field. Blessings in the city. I had it backwards. Many children. Ample crops. Remember this? Wow. Just catch a few more here and we'll go back. Large flocks. Blessings of fruit and bread. Blessings when you come in. Blessings when you go out. The Lord will defeat your enemies. Oh my gosh. 
That's the reason we have to get a hold of this because this is the normal operations for the, uh, you and I as Christians. Okay, so back to this. Leviticus 26. Okay, look at this. And the grapes will still be ripening when you sow, when sowing time comes again. You'll eat, your, look at this, look at this. You'll eat your fill and, yeah, but Richard, there's guns out there. And I hear there's some gangs cropping up. And what if they come to Alabama? What if they... Safety! We're going to be fine. Now, I'm going to time out here a minute. Let Mel give a praise report. Listen to this. What did you do the other night? Which some people would say was stupid. But didn't Ray find them for you? What was hanging on the door? Oh, I left my keys outside the door. <laughs> yeah. Her keys to her house were hanging on the outside. Hey, bad guys, the keys are there if you need me. Just come on in. You know, whatever. Praise the Lord. But you don't need to worry. Praise the Lord. You know? I mean, ladies, if you accidentally leave your purse in the car or whatever in plain view, don't worry about it. When you're in the store and you go, and you're trying to hurry, Jesus, I want to thank you for taking care of my He will take care of your stuff. Okay, here we go. Watch this. Look at this. I will, for, for I will give you peace. Look at this. And you will go to sleep without fear. Hello, you and I. You might be worried what the doctor said. <gasps> you know, I don't care. I mean, on the outside, we look great. But on the inside, we may have all kind of worries. And I know how we are, you know. Okay. Look at this. I will chase away the dangerous animals. Praise the Lord. Let's go rafting. I remember I went rafting one time with Melody one time, and I went right by a snake. He's just hanging in the tree. I was just carrying along, and I'm like, woo. You know, I thought, praise the Lord. Glory. Hallelujah. Anyway, I'll chase your enemies. They'll, look at this. They'll die beneath your swords. Five of you will chase a hundred. Now, that I don't care if it's roll tide football. That ain't going to happen. We're talking how great thou art. We got to get our believer stuff straightened out with this. Five of you, you know, five of you, look at that. Well, what? Chase a uh, hundred and a hundred, ten thousand. You'll defeat all your enemies. I mean, I, I, mean I, I, I like to talk football, but I had somebody, I went ate breakfast the other morning, and Mel went there too, but the waiter came down and she has this, well, I just like to see a good game. What is that? Participation awards? I don't know. I want Alabama to beat them. And if Auburn's beating them, I want Auburn to beat them. You know, I mean, if that's what's going to happen, just beat us. We don't want it close. Do you want this to be close? But see, today we say, well, I'm just thankful I'm alive. No, we're thankful God is great. Bumper crops, safety, I can sleep at night. We got some people that are so crazy today, they believe it's God that's keeping them up at night. Because they're so worried about their family or they're worried about their job or they're worried about the world or whatever. Don't. Look at this. I will look after you. Now, uh, surely there's some trouble in here somewhere. No, there's not. Okay. I'll look after you. Isn't that good? That's what exactly what Laura said. I will look after you. Praise the Lord. And multiply you and fulfill my covenant with you. And you will have a surplus of crops that you won't know what to do with them. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I mean, I've, I've seen those guys with those signs, you know, just begging money, and I, and I just comes all over me. I mean, sometimes I, I don't. I'm not saying I do it, but I, sometimes I'm like, praise God, I'm going to get my wallet real quick. And when I get up there, hey, fellow, hey, fellow, hey, God bless you, God bless you, whatever. I don't care. I'm not worried about it. But that you're having so much money, so much stuff coming in. Anyway. 
What else does he say? You won't know what to do with them when the new harvest is ready. <laughs> we just got the, look at the load we got. Yeah. And I'll live among you and not despise you. Isn't that nice? I will walk among you, be your God. You'll be my people. For I am the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt so that you would be slaves no longer. I've broken your chains so that you can walk with dignity. Hallelujah. But if you, he says, but now if you don't listen to me, look at this. You reject my laws. This is what I'm going to do to you. Wow. Ooh. Now, we can take this and say, well, praise the Lord, it's not us. But look at this. I will punish you with sudden terrors, panic, tuberculosis, burning fever. Now, wait a minute. We don't want to pray in case I come down with tuberculosis. I want to say, if it be thy will. I'm not. <laughs> it's not a part of me. And if it was, I'd be going to the priest and saying, look, I have made a major mistake. I know I've made some mistakes, but I'm break my Jesus is my sacrifice. And the priest would say, yeah. And guess who your priest is? It's Jesus. He died for all your sins. And Jesus went about, I just read it yesterday. When he, when he picked up where John the Baptist left, he healed everybody. He was healed. They were, people were coming from all over the place to get healed. Nothing wrong with that. Anyway, boy, I tell you, if we just say, well, I can do without you, Jesus. Oh, no. Your eyes shall be consumed and your life will ebb away. I got friends that are doing that. They don't care one thing about Jesus. You're going to sow your crops in vain for your enemies are going to eat them. I'll set my face against you. You'll flee before your attackers. Those who hate you will rule over you. And look at that. You'll even run when nobody's chasing you. Boo. You won't even hear boo. It'll just be in your head. Ah. Now think about this in the light of that's not me. That's right. You're not running. You are not running. You hear something, you'll be like, hey. Lord, let's go get these guys. <laughs> and that's what Jonathan and his sword bearer, his uh, shield bearer did. He said, you know what? Shield bearer, now he's the son of the king. The king was Saul, first king of Egypt. I mean, king of uh, Israel. And he said, hey, the Lord's able to save by many or few. He says, let's go over and go kick some tail. And they got up there and they said, hey, if they, if they say something like whatever, who are you? Then we'll know that's the Lord. Let's go get them. And boy, they did. They went over and they beat them up. Okay. If you still obey me, I'll punish you seven times more severely for your sins. I'll break your proud power and make your heavens as iron, your earth as bronze. Your strength will be spent in vain. Your land will not yield its prop, crops, nor your trees their fruit. But can you see the contrast? We're okay. Praise the Lord. And even if then you won't obey me, listen, I'm going to send to you seven times more plagues for your sins. Praise the Lord. We're not getting any of that. Look at that. I'll send wild animals to kill your kids, destroy your cattle, reduce your numbers. Wow. And even if this will not reform you, but you continue to walk against my wishes, then I'll walk against your wishes, and I, even I, will personally smite you seven times for your sin. I'll revenge you for breaking my covenant by bringing war against you. You're going to flee to your cities. I'll send plague among you there. See, this is what happened to the kings. Nebuchadnezzar came and got them. I mean, they were worshiping the sun. They didn't want nothing to do with Jesus. I'll destroy your food supplies. No one will even uh, be large enough to take all the, uh, excuse me, that one oven will be enough to bake all the bread available for 10 entire families. Boy, wouldn't that be a disaster? Wow. But see, there's no disaster for us. We got enough Twinkies for everybody. Praise the Lord. Okay. And you'll still be hungry after your pittance has been doled out to you. And if you still won't listen, which is what they did in the scriptures, you know, they went off into other nations. Then I'll loose my great anger, send you seven times greater punishment for your sins. Look at that. You're going to eat your own sons and daughters. They did that. Second Kings. 
One of them, remember those two women, they came up two harlots. They had two babies and they agreed, we're going to eat one baby tonight. We'll eat your baby tomorrow night. And then the other one said, well, I changed my mind. <laughs> you know, boy. And that king tore his robe. I'm not talking about Solomon. Solomon was a different thing. That baby was smothered. These babies here were eaten. Well, why did that happen? They forgot God. It's so easy. You read the story. Melody was telling me she read Zephaniah the other day, and it's like horrible stuff. But it was during the times of those kings, and that Zephaniah was saying, straighten up, straighten up, straighten up. They wouldn't do it. Anyway, I'll make your cities desolate, destroy your places of worship, and I'll not respond to your incense offerings. See, he responds to ours. That's just prayers is what that is. Yes, I'll desolate your land. Your enemies shall live in it and utterly be amazed. Look at that. And that's what the Lord said. Everybody's going to say, well, we know what happened. Matter of fact, when Nebuchadnezzar told Jeremiah, he says, you know why this happened to Israel, don't you? Jeremiah said, yeah, they're worshiping idols. Nebuchadnezzar even knew that. I'll scatter you out among the nations, destroy you with war as you go. Your land shall be desolate. Look, at just downhill, downhill. What about us today? It's not. We have all that other stuff. Then the land will, uh, will rest at last and make up for the many years you refuse to let it lie idle. That's one thing over there in the earlier part of Leviticus. The Lord says, hey, by the way, and we try to think this out biologically. I don't mean to tease Auburn, but, you know, Auburn agriculture, you know. Well, no, we don't have to let the land lie idle every seventh year. Well, it wasn't a, an agricultural thing. It was a trust the Lord thing. He said, don't plant any crops on the seventh year. We're going to starve. How great thou art. God said on the sixth year, you will have so much, you won't need to plant the next year. He said, matter of fact, just walk out there and just grab you an ear of corn on the next year. They're called volunteer crops. And see, what did that do? All those that did it showed they trusted the Lord. But others were like, oh no, I'm going to plant. You can't, you can't ever depend on God. And that's where we are today. A lot of that takes place. Well, I can't trust the Lord to help me financially. I mean, I've got to watch out. No, he will help you financially. He'll help you with your stomach ache too. You know, you know, you get sick and you got to run down there to the dock in the box and whatever, and you go down there and you're you're going, oh, that dock. Where'd all these people come from? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then maybe they goof up. What they gave me didn't help. That's the reason we need to know what this says. The Lord will take care of us. He will. Now go to the doctor when you need to go. But man, if you got all your eggs in one basket, saying I know old doc so and so. Do you know old doc so-and-so? You know doctors get sick? They call in sick. He's not in today. He's sick. <laughs> Wait, he's a doctor. Yeah, he's a doctor. You know, when you call on Jesus, he's never sick, you know. Anyway. Uh, I will make up for the rest. You didn't give it every seventh year you lived upon. Okay. And for those who are left behind, I'll cause them to be dragged away to distant lands as prisoners. Oh, my gosh. War and slaves. They'll live in constant fear. The sound of a leaf. Listen to this. The sound of a leaf driven in the wind will send them fleeing as though chased by a man with a sword. <laughs> it was just a leaf. Not us. They'll fall when no one's pursuing them. Look at that. Horrible. Yes, though none pursue them, they'll stumble over each other. Oh, man, this is just terrible stuff, isn't it? Uh, let's see. Oh, yes, I'll desolate your land. Wow, we know. Look what's happening here. Okay, let's speed up a little bit. Uh, where was I at? Yeah, okay. Oh, uh, yeah, none pursuing them. They'll be fleeing in battle. No power to stand before their enemies. You'll perish among the nations, be destroyed. Yeah, wow. Rest of the scriptures, you can see that's what those turkeys did. But at last, they'll confess their sins. Now, notice this. If you had found yourself in this boat, remember the thief on the cross? He was dying. 
would you save me even though I've lived like a turkey? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. All you got to do is say, look, I need your help. I, I, I repent. At last, they confess their sins and their father's sins, their treachery against me because they were against me. I was against them. And I brought them into the land of their enemies. When at last, their evil hearts are humbled and they accept the punishment, I send them for their sins. In other words, they recognize I deserved it for this. Then I will, look at that, I'll remember my promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What promises? Oh my gosh, go back and read them. It's all these blessings constantly. It's the whole book of Genesis. For the land shall enjoy its Sabbaths, okay, as it lies desolate, but then at last shall they accept their punishment for rejecting my laws and for despising my rule. Okay, here we go. What else does he say here? But despite all they've done, look at that, I will not utterly destroy them. And my covenant with them, I am Jehovah, their God. For their sakes, I will remember my promises to their ancestors to be their God. For I brought them, their forefathers, out of Egypt. And all the nations watched in wonder. See, that's why that thing happened. And that's why we need to remind ourselves and we have Passover once a year. Daddy, what's the Passover about? <laughs> because the Lord brought us out of Egypt with mighty miracles. You know, I was telling Mel the other day, you know, when you're in trouble, if you'll just start remembering, let's see, with... Frogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Frogs. Uh, flies. The, the Nile turned to blood. You just remind yourself of those things and all of a sudden, how great thou art and your life will turn around. I mean, it, whatever it is, what's going wrong, we fix. Anyway, these are the laws, the ordinances, the instructions that Jehovah gave to the people of Israel through Moses on Mount Sinai. So now we know when he said that. Okay. Now, I want to close with this. This is, I mentioned it before, but I was over here in Matthew, Matthew chapter 1. Oh my God, this is so boring. No, it's not. Don't the genealogies are fantastic. It's a track record that this stuff is so. These are the ancestors of Jesus Christ. He was a descendant of King David and of Abraham. Now, oh, I want to go one other place here. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. I want to show you something here. Oh, let's jump down here. 17. 1 Corinthians 15, let's see, da, 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 da. let me skip a little bit. This is all about the resurrection. Oh, look at this. Look at 21. Now, this can't be true. This is a lie. Wait a minute. We're talking the Bible. Death came into the world because of what one man, Adam, did. See, now you see the heresy. I, mean, I won't use the word. It's a good word. But the reason they pull and they tug and say evolution, evolution. Well, see, that, means, that throws sin out. There's no sin. Because after all, the dinosaurs, the creepy dinosaurs were around, you know. They were called dragons. Fact is, there are probably still some around. They're just not in your backyard. But anyway, they're called dragons. Why, why, why would all the dragon legends and stuff and stuff we hear, why are they articulately perfect? They got, three, they got three claws. That's what they got. Small, little things, you know. Beowulf, you go read that story. That's a T-Rex. Yeah, a winged bat. What could that be? He just make all that stuff up. Anyway, death came into the world by Adam. See, death was not here. There was no death. And when we start seeing those pictures, how great thou art, and the clockwork of the heavens, you know. I was talking to my dad the other day, and I was thinking, we launched a spaceship from a revolving planet, and the moon is circling around out here. And then we fire this thing to get out of Earth's gravitation to reach another revolving. How in the world they do that if it weren't for clockwork? 
The sun is clockwork. The planets are clockwork. That's where we get, that's the reason Genesis chapter 1 says, let it be for signs and seasons. The atomic clock, remember all that stuff? It's perfectly tuned. 365 and a quarter days to go around the moon, I mean go around the sun. Anyway, death came by Adam. Now think about this. And it's because of what this other man, that's Jesus, has done, that now there is a resurrection of the dead. You're not going to get resurrected because of this guy. You chose this guy. Everyone that dies because everyone dies because we're all related to Adam. That cannot be so. Yes, it can. Raise you some rabbits and see how long it takes to get run out of your yard. Rabbits will reproduce like crazy. Cats will, dogs will. You'll have so many genealogies of your cats, you'll be like, Yeah, it happened. What came first, the chicken or the egg? I'll tell you what came first. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And that'll get you out of trouble every time you think about that. Now, let's go back over here just a moment. Uh, back, to, back to Matthew. I want to show you one more thing here. Look at this. In Acts 17. 17, I think. 17, 17. Let's see. Oh, let's see. Yeah. This is Paul. Remember him in the New Testament? Paul standing at Mars Hill. And he addressed them, men of Athens, la da 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 okay? He said, I saw an altar there. It was called the unknown God. You've been worshiping him without knowing who he is. I'm going to tell you who he is. Look what he says. He made the world and everything in it. But this is so important that you, not for my, I'm just telling you, it works for me. You go outside and you look at that rose, woo, evolution. No, that makes you scum. It makes you bacteria. No, God made that rose and he made you. What's funny is that if you go look, you can go Google this stuff, an oak leaf is still an oak leaf in that fossilized fossil. You know. Anyway. And they got man's footprints and the same dinosaur footprint too. And that's not all. They got stuff in South America and all over the world. We got Indians that put carvings on the wall. Here's a donkey. Here's a deer. Dad, burn it. That's a brontosaurus. <laughs> He's not supposed to know what a brontosaurus is. Well, he did. Anyway, so let's see, uh, human hands, let's see, he doesn't live in man-made temples. Human hands can't minister to his needs. He has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything, satisfies everything there is. He created all people, look at this, from one man. Remember what Adam said about Eve at the end of chapter 3, that terrible chapter where they sinned? He called her Eve because he said, she shall be the mother of all living. Well, that can't be so. It was so. Wow. Okay, now, back to this. I got I want to make this little point here. This is so good. So here's his genealogy. Okay. Uh, Abraham's father of Isaac, and click, 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 go on down here. There was Boaz, and Rahab was his wife, you know, and here comes David. Well, David was in here. We passed it. Let's see, yeah. King David, Jesse was his father, blah, 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 blah. Here we go. Come all the way down here to uh, Joseph. Okay, now, uh, let me back up a second. Okay, da, 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 right, right, right there. Jacob was the father of Joseph. Okay, so here's the story of Joseph here, okay? Uh, his mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph, but while she was still a virgin, doggone it, she's pregnant. Well, you don't want to break up that relationship. Well, that's what he was going to do. Then Joseph, her fiancé, was a man of stern principle, decided to break the engagement but do it quietly. He didn't want to publicly disgrace her. Well, that's good. As he lay awake, considering, he fell into a dream and saw an angel standing beside him. Joseph, 
Son of David, the angel said, don't hesitate to take Mary, your wife. For the child within her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. She'll have a son. You'll name him Jesus. We got to get this. Which means Savior. It doesn't mean heavenly Savior only. It means all the time Savior. He will save his people. Can you imagine what this verse says? He will save his people, something that we don't believe today because we live in condemnation all the time. Oh, we got to quit that. He will save his people from their sins. Now, are you a people? Yeah, I am too. I'm saved from my sins. Thank God. Anyway, this was to fill God's message spoken through his prophet. Now, here's what I want you to catch. This is so fantastic. Okay. Why did the Lord do this? Well, we're going to see. Okay. This was to fulfill prophecy. Okay, he's, this angel's telling him this in his dream. Listen, the virgin shall conceive a child. He'll give birth to a son, and he'll be called Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Time out, time out, time out. Where's that at? Let's go look. Let's go look. And guess what? It's the same thing we saw over here in Leviticus 26. Except this is, this is Isaiah did this. Mm, 14, is that right? I think it's seven. Excuse me, it's seven. Oh, back him up. Here we go. During the reign of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, grandson of Uzziah, those guys were in that genealogy we just read. Jerusalem was attacked by King Rezin of Syria, and then the other split tribe, Israel, was divided. Anyway, Ahaz was the king, but it was not taken. The city stood. It's like that chainsaw didn't get into fill. Wonder why. Watch this. However, when the news came to the royal court, Syria is allied with Israel against us. The hearts of the king and his people tremble with fear as the trees of the forest shake in a storm. Now remember, Israel at this time are bad guys. It's not really King David. Okay. The Lord said to Isaiah, go meet King Ahaz. Now look what the Lord tells him. You and your, anyway, Isaiah has got a buddy named Shears. That's his son. Okay. You and your son go over there. You'll find him at the end of the aqueduct, leads to Gihon Spring, the upper reservoir. Okay, whatever, down by the, whatever, by the laundromat. Tell him to quit worrying. Now remember, the angel said this, you know, tell him he don't need to be frightened by the fierce anger of those two. Look what the Lord says, has-beens, Rezin and Pekah. Yes, the kings of Syria and Israel are coming against you. They say we will invade Judah and throw her into panic. We'll fight our way into Jerusalem and install the king of uh, Tabil as their king. In other words, they're going to run you out of town. No, they're not. No, they're not. But the Lord says this plan won't succeed for, the king, for Damascus is going to remain the capital of Syria. In other words, he's explaining it ain't going to happen. And then in 60 years, these guys too, they're going to be crushed. Samaria is the capital of this place. King Pekah's power will not increase. He said, look at this. You don't believe me? Now this is Isaiah. We know who Isaiah is. A great prophet, whatever. He's so great, he ran around nude one time. Yeah, he walked through the town naked. Why'd he do that? Well, he had a little problem. No, he didn't. The Lord said, walk through town with no clothes on and, out, and warn the people, this is what's going to happen to you. You're going to be hauled off as slaves, naked. Okay, back to this. <laughs> you don't believe me? Look at this verse. If you want me to protect you, you must learn to believe what I say. So Ahaz had to go, okay, I'm not going to get run over by Hitler or whoever it is. Okay. Not long after this, look at this. The Lord sent a further message to King Ahaz. Remember, Ahaz must still have been worried. Ask me for a sign. 
Wonder what that sign was. The virgin shall. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Ask me for a sign to prove I will indeed crush your enemies as I have said anything you like in heaven and earth. Look at that. The king said no. I don't want to bother the Lord with anything like that. Isaiah got a little ticked off. Look, O house of David, you're not satisfied to exalt my patience. You exhaust the Lord's as well. All right then. The Lord will choose a sign. Look at that. The child, look at that. A child shall be born to a virgin. They'll call him Emmanuel. Isn't that something? Anyway, says, by the time the child's weaned, knows right from wrong, those, those guys are going to be dead. But you know, that was the sign. That's where that verse comes That's where the angel had told Joseph. These things couldn't have happened. Yeah, they did happen. So now when you hear, you're going to name this child Jesus. He's also going to be called Emmanuel. You know the story. <gasps> Nobody's going to beat me up because the Lord's going to protect me. I'm going to, be, I'm going to sleep good at night. I'm not going to be afraid. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We just thank you that praise the Lord. It's always the same. We are more than conquerors. No wonder the New Testament wrote that over and over again. Praise the Lord. Father, I thank you, Lord, that five of us will run off 500 and, and 10 will run off 10,000 or whatever the numbers were. Praise the Lord. So, Lord, if we're not feeling good today, you'll take care of that. What's health to you? Praise the Lord. Make us well. Father, and if we're suffering financially, you get us out of that trouble too. And if it's some other problem we've got, oh my gosh, but oh, how great thou art, you'll get us out. So that doesn't leave anything left but for us to go tell others what great things you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, amen.